Sound of Football with your host, Colin Summer, brought to you by WHIP. What is going on, guys? It is Down the Football back with another episode. I know it's been a while since I last recorded, but there were a couple of situations, winter break, a couple of COVID things going on, so I just couldn't bring you guys episodes for about a month, but I'm so glad that I am back. Uh, I love bringing you guys these episodes, and I hope you guys enjoy listening to them just as much as I love recording. But I'm back in time to kick you guys off for the wild card round and the first round of playoffs. So let's just jump right into it of what this playoff picture looks like. So, in the AFC, we got the Titans with the number one seed, which I find to be absolutely astonishing. No Derrick Henry. Mike Vrabel finds a way to keep winning. They get the number one seed. Chiefs secure the number two seed and will play the seven-seed Steelers. The Bills will show down in a divisional matchup as the three-seed versus the six-seed Patriots. And the four-seed Bengals will face off against the five-seed Raiders. Now, for the NFC, the Packers get the number one seed and the bye Bucks get the two seed and play the seventh seed Eagles. Cowboys get the third seed and play the 49ers who hold the sixth seed. And the fourth seed Rams play their division opponent Cardinals who have the fifth seed. Now, before I start diving into scenarios, I just want to talk about each one of these teams' playoff each one of these playoff teams. I want to talk about their MVPs of the season, who has helped carry them to this point. So to kick things off, we got TJ Watt for the Steelers. Pretty self-explanatory in game 17, and I want to put it out there for all the people commenting. It took 17 games for him to get 22 and a half sacks. It took 17 games. TJ Watt did not play 17 games. I understand it's a 17-game season, so it's implied that it took him 17 games. He played 15 games. He missed two games due to injury. So, hypothetically, Michael Strahan, 22 and a half sacks in 16 games. TJ Watt does it in 15 people need to do their research. Like I said, he gets the 20, 22 and a half sacks, ties the record with Michael Strahan, gets seven pass deflections, five forced fumbles, 64 t- total tackles, 21 tackles for loss, and 39 QB hits. He is 100% the Steelers MVP. I don't see how defensive player of the year could go to anyone else. I don't think it's relatively close at this point. He 100% deserves it. There's no argument. <clears throat> that That's all there is to say for, for TJ Watt. Incredible player. JJ, very, very proud of him. Of course, Boston jokes on Twitter at him. What would you expect out of JJ? But I uh, love their relationship, and congratulations to TJ on the record. Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs is my MVP. Now, I know a lot of people might disagree with this. Uh, you know, you could say Tyree Kill, you could say Travis Kelsey, but I think Patrick Mahomes absolutely flipped this team around when they started off poorly. Uh, Patrick Mahomes having to deal with a, a banged-up offensive line to start the season. Really couldn't figure things out offensively. But he finishes the season with a 66, 66.3% completion percentage, 4,839 yards, 37 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. Uh, to think that about halfway through the season is when he had most of his picks and uh, where he finished is pretty impressive. And he finishes with a near 100 rating at 98.5. Uh, it was a very, very good season for Patrick Mahomes, and I believe that he is the reason that the Chiefs ended up getting there. I think their defense did step a lot, up a lot and helped them get wins, but I'm giving this to Patrick Mahomes. I think he deserves it. Uh, for the Patriots, I got Matt Judon. Now, a lot of people might say Mac Jones because he's a rookie and he led this team to the playoffs, or you could say Damian Harris for the season that he's had, but I do think it goes to Matt Judon, 
who was in the defensive player of the year conversation for quite a bit, but obviously dropped out of it due to, you know, TJ Watt kind of just taking the reins and going ahead of everyone else. Uh, and while he may have fallen out of it, I don't think there's any disagreeing that he was the team MVP. I mean, 12 and a half sacks, one pass deflection, 16, 60 tackles, 14 tackles for loss and 25 QB hits. He had an amazing first year with the Patriots. Uh, I also want to throw out JC Jackson. While I do believe he is one of the, if not the best corner in the entire league, I think Matt Judon's presence was felt just a tad more throughout the season with him constantly getting pressure and being that game wrecker on the defensive line. But if you wanted to say J.C. Jackson, that's perfectly fine with me. I think they're neck and neck, but I'm going to give it to Matt Judon solely because it is his first year in the system. And what he was able to come to the Patriots and do was a major accomplishment for that team and for himself. The Bills don't know how this guy is not a Pro Bowler. We all know Pro Bowl voting is very, very whack. Uh, but Josh Allen, 100% the team's MVP, 63.3% completion percentage. I, I mean, it, it's it it's a step back from last year, but still incredible uh, considering the other stats that I'm about to throw at you. 4,407 yards, 36 touchdowns. He did have 15 picks. He had a 92.2 rating, slightly down from last year as well. But the thing that he increased this year was his rushing. He had 763 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns. So overall, an amazing year from Josh Allen. Totally the team MVP. There's no question about that. For the Raiders, uh, I had a hard time kind of picking and choosing who I thought should be their team MVP. It was uh, Nate Hobbs was was a name I was throwing out there for a while, but I do think it goes to Max Crosby. And while stats might not reflect, uh, you know, how good of a player he is, if you watched especially if you watched last night's game against the Chargers on Sunday night for week 18, you would understand why Max Crosby is my team MVP. There was not a single moment where he wasn't getting a pressure, but he finishes the season with eight sacks, seven pass deflections, 55 tackles, 13 tackles for loss, and 30 QB hits. He had an amazing season. He's a very good player. He was a late-round draft pick. Good story. Uh, definitely the team MVP, in my opinion. Bengals. Now, a lot of people want to say Joe Shiesty, Joe Burrow, Joey B. But I think you have to go with Jamar Chase. And while you could say it's a product of Joe Burrow's high play, this guy broke rookie records. And I'm not, listen, I'm a huge Joe Burrow fan. Considering I'm a Saints fan, I love Louisiana, I love LSU. Big Joe Burrow fan. But Jamar Chase, he also went to LSU. I got to give it to Jamar Chase. I mean, he broke rookie records this year. He passed JJ. Uh, Justin Jefferson for most yards for a rookie. I mean, I love that because they both went to LSU. They were teammates, wide receivers together. It's just awesome to see kind of them nagging each other about it. And I think that that, those two players go back and forth for a while, uh, you know, topping each other in yards. But he had 81 catches for 1,455 yards and 13 touchdowns. And I think he easily has the Offensive Rookie of the Year title locked up for himself 100% of the way. Titans, now this is going to sound crazy. Obviously, I want to say Derrick Henry, but he did not play the whole season, thus you cannot say Derrick Henry. Simply put, I really wanted to say Deonta Foreman because he came in, he was rushing over four yards per carry, uh, he was having a very good season for what they needed him to do in a short, you know, and since Derrick Henry got hurt. Uh, so, to see what he did and, and, and how he averaged well, averaging over four yards carry, very, very solid uh, replacement from him. But I'm not going with a player here. I'm going with Mike Vrabel. And I know it sounds crazy, but 
I think he had some very, very good play calling given, you know, the cards that he was dealt. Banged up O-line. A.J. Brown and Julio injured for most of the year. Ryan Tannehill's really got no one to throw to. He's got no tight ends as a target. No Derrick Henry. You know, the D, he managed, Mike Rabel managed to get the defense to play well. The offense played well enough to get them wins. I think that, and this is why Mike Rabel is in the coach of the year conversation. Uh, I think the team MVP has to be him. His play calling was phenomenal. Uh, Decision making, phenomenal. Uh, key situations, he just knew what he was doing. Uh, and, and, you know, he's a great defensive coach. In my opinion, he's, he also can get things done on offense, but I think that 100% this team's MVP is Mike Vrabel. Now, for the NFC, I'm going to start with the Eagles, and a lot of people would say Jalen Hurts, but uh, I haven't really seen much progression out of Jalen Hurts, at least as a passer. Uh, he still doesn't read through all of his progressions. When he feels pressure, he's constantly forced out to the right side, doesn't, get, doesn't run anywhere else, he doesn't step up in the pocket. Uh, and while... He still, you know, is lethal on the ground and, and had some flashes of what he could be. I don't think he was this team's MVP. I'm giving it to DeMonta Smith, who I think was the third best rookie receiver this year, right behind Jalen Waddell and Jamar Chase, obviously. He finished the season with 64 catches, 916 yards, and five touchdowns. While it might not seem like a lot, it wasn't a very pass-heavy offense with Jalen Hurts attempting maybe less than 30 passes a game. There was not much opportunity for Devonta Smith, but what the separation that he was able to create uh, and some of the catches that he was able to make was very, very impressive. Uh, I do wish that they would throw to him a little bit more because I, I want to see what he really can do. You know, there was questions whether he'd be able to thrive in the NFL due to his size, but I figured he'd be fine solely because of the separation he is able to get. Uh, and, and he proved me right. I think he's a very good receiver. I think he's going to be a great receiver for years to come for the Eagles. Great pick from him, and I think he is their team MVP. Bucks. Clear as day, no debate. Tom Brady, 67.5 completion percentage, 5,316 yards, leads the league. 43 touchdown, passing touchdowns, leads the league. 12 interceptions, 102.1 rating. I'm just going to move on to the next person because the guy's like 50 years old now and he's and he's doing this ab- absurd. I, I mean, he is absurd for his age. Uh, I Tampa, Tampa Bay Brady is like a menace is a whole different side of Brady it's uh, I used to be a stickler for Brady even though I respected his greatness and I, I hated him because he always won but now I just kind of just like seeing him win I, I don't even know why it's just incredible it's incredible uh, I, in, across any sport I've never seen somebody play at this age at such a high level I'm just not even going to question it. But yeah, Tom Brady, Bucks MVP, no question. 49ers, Debo Samuel, popped off this year. Was his breakout season. A lot of people were expecting things early from him. But now that he had an expanded role as a rusher and finally was getting fed targets and stayed mostly healthy for the entire year, he popped off. He had 77 catches for 1,405 yards. Six touchdowns, and then add on to that 365 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns. I mean, geez, we're talking 1,770 total yards and 14 touchdowns. An incredible season for 49ers breakout, Debo Samuel. Cowboys got to go to Michael Parsons. He's got Defensive Player of the Year on lock. There's no questions, no, no debates. It's 100% him. 
Uh, he had 13 sacks, three pass deflections, three forced fumbles, 84 tackles, 20 tackles for loss, and 30 QB hits. Now, a lot of people were questioning how he would play, what he would do, how what position he'd play, considering he was moving from uh, a certain type of defense from Penn State to a certain type of defense from Cowboys. Uh, and to- two totally different styles of play. And they kind of just threw Michael Parsons everywhere in coverage, on the line, uh, you know, spying. He did everything. And the stats really speak for itself. Uh, he had an amazing year. And like I said, definitely defensive player, uh, defensive rookie of the year on lock. Cardinals. It was a really interesting season from the Cardinals. Chandler Jones had a good year, but I wouldn't say he was a team MVP. You know, Buda Baker always good. Uh, you could say, you know, DeAndre Hopkins for a while, but then he got hurt. Uh, you know, obviously Kyler Murray. But I'm going with James Conner. Uh, this guy signed a one-year contract after kind of... I want to say he failed in Pittsburgh. I think that it just, they just didn't, not that he, they didn't do him right. It's that his style of running was just not meant for the for the Steelers. And he had trouble staying healthy. And, you know, he signs this one year with the Cardinals. He knew he was going to be kind of the, the 1B to Chase Edmonds. And while James Conner may not have averaged well on the ground, the total yards and, and the amount of touchdowns and, and what he did for this team when Chase Edmonds got hurt, I Truly amazing. He had 752 rushing yards, 15 rushing touchdowns. I mean, think about that. He also had 37 catches for 275 yards and three touchdowns, 18 total touchdowns and over a thousand scrimmage yards. For a guy under a one-year cheap contract, he that's got to be the team MVP in my opinion. Rams, while well, he did have an up and down season, and you could say somebody like Jalen Ramsey, you could say somebody like like Aaron Donald, it 100% has to be Cooper Cup. I don't think there's a debate about this. Uh, he's definitely in the Offensive Player of the Year uh, running right now. I wouldn't be shocked if he got it, but there's also Jonathan Taylor who would prevent him from doing so. Let's talk about his season. So he falls four catches shy of Michael Thomas's 149-yard catch record in a single season. And he falls, I think, I think it was like 18 somewhere between 10 and 20 yards that he fell short of the receiving record in a season. I mean, he had a phenomenal year. I mean, you get Matt Stafford comes over. They Instant chemistry. Instant chemistry. He has 145 catches on the year, 1,947 yards, and 16 touchdowns. He does get the triple crown for receiver because he gets the receptions, the yards, and the touchdowns. An immaculate season from Cooper Cup. Congratulations to him. No matter what awards he may or may not get, we all know we all know how good he was. And then the Packers were pretty self-explanatory. Aaron Rodgers likely to win another MVP uh, for the season. I think it's either going to be him or Brady. But Aaron Rodgers pretty much 69% completion percentage, uh, 4,115 yards, 37 touchdowns, four interceptions. I mean that is flawless football, if you ask me. And then an 111.9 rating, uh, like I said, likely to win uh, back-to-back MVPs. It's not that I would be shocked if Tom Brady won it. It's just the four picks to 37 touchdowns is just an absolutely astonishing ratio. Uh, you know Aaron Rodgers is, has always been the type of quarterback to play clean football, and he proves it year in and year out. That's your MVP. So I will go through again. These are your team MVP. Steelers, TJ Watt. Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Patriots, Matt Judon. Bills, Josh Allen. Raiders, Max Crosby. Bengals, Jamar Chase. Titans, Mike Vrabel. Still love that pick.
people might get mad, but well. Eagles, Devonta Smith, Bucks, Tom Brady, 49ers, Debo Samuel, Cowboys, Michael Parsons, Cardinals, James Conner, Rams, Cooper Cup, and Packers, Aaron Rodgers. So, with that being said, let's get right into the wild card round situation, some scenarios that I think could actually happen, and I'm going to tell you what I personally think is going to happen. So, for the Steelers at the Chiefs, uh, for the Steelers situation, TJ Watt records three sacks and the defense carries Steelers to a win, or Big Ben still has gas left in the tank and plays well enough to get the win. And then on the Chiefs side of things, we have Patrick Mahomes throws for 350-plus yards, Tyree Kill and Kelsey both get 100 yards each, or the Chiefs struggle offensively, but their defense shuts down the Steelers' middle-of-the-pack offense. I, I, I'm, take, I'm taking option three here for the Chiefs, or, well, technically option one for the, <clears throat> option one for the Chiefs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes throws for 350-plus yards, Tyree Kill and Kelsey both get 100 yards each. I think this is more than possible. Uh, you know, whether Steelers' defense seems good or not, their they're secondary super, super leaky. Uh, their linebackers haven't played as well as you would think. Uh, Kelsey and Hill, obviously both lethal, lethal. You do have to monitor Hill, though, throughout the week because he did suffer a heel injury and warm-ups last week. He did play, but still something to monitor. I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes starting for 350-plus yards and Tyree Kill and Kelsey both getting 100 yards each. Uh, for the Patriots at the Bills, Mac Jones has a career day and throws for 300-plus yards and three touchdowns for the win against that stymieing Bills defense, or the Patriots defense shows why they're arguably the best in the league and shuts down the Bills offense. And for the Bills, Josh Allen throws for 250-plus yards, has 75 rushing yards, and totals four touchdowns, or the Bills defense wipes on Mac or wipes out Mac Jones' playoff debut. I am going to go with the Bills defense wipes out Mac Jones' playoff debut. I don't see Mac Jones having a career day in his playoff debut, especially against a very, very good Bills defense. And while I do think that the Patriots defense is arguably the best in the league, they did just get burnt on the ground by Duke Johnson and the Miami Dolphins. So I'm not so sure that they're the best in the league anymore after that. I don't think they were before that, but they, like I said, arguably, but I don't think they are. And then Josh Allen throwing for 250 yards and 75 rushing yards and having four touchdowns. While that is possible against the Patriots, I don't think the Patriots allow that to happen. So I'm going to just take the Bills defense to pretty much get the win in this one over the Patriots. And then the Raiders at Bengals. Josh Jacobs and Hunter Renfro combined for 250-plus scrimmage yards and two touchdowns. Or Derek Carr has 350-yard game with three touchdowns. Or the Bengals. Joe Burrow obliterates the Raiders defense for 400 yards Jamar and Higgins combined for 300 yards in a high-scoring game, or the Bengals' defense shuts down the Raiders' offense while the offense does its job. I'm going to take Joe Burrow, Blurry's Raiders' defense for 400 yards, Jamar, and Higgins combined for 300 yards in a high-scoring game. Uh, I don't, I'm not necessarily sure that Jamar and Higgins will both get 150 yards each on average to get that 300-yard mark, but I do see Joe Burrow having a very, very good game against a very soft uh, Raiders' defense, both on the ground and their secondary uh, I'm curious to see what Jamar does in his first playoff appearance as well as Joe Burrow, as well as Steve Higgins, as well as most of that team. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to take Joe, Joe Shiesty to go off, and, go off in this one. And then we have the Eagles at the Bucks. So Eagles control the ground game and rush for 200-plus yards and two TDs. Or Jalen Hurts passes for 250-plus yards and three touchdowns, which shows that he can be an exceptional passer in his playoff debut. Or 
Tom Brady destroys the Eagles secondary with 300 plus yards and four touchdowns despite missing two of his top three weapons. Or Bucks score early, defense smothers the Eagles, and they have control of the run game. I really wanted to say Eagles control the ground game and rush for 200 plus yards and two touchdowns and get the win, but I just don't see that happening against a very, 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 very stingy Bucks run defense. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think the most likely scenario in this one, I'm going to go with the. I'm not sure that the, that Tom Brady's going to destroy the Eagles secondary with 300 plus yards and four touchdowns, you know, without A. B. or Chris Godwin. I still think he has a quality game, but I think Bucks score early defense smothers the Eagles, and they have control of the run game. It's the most likely scenario in this one. 49ers at Cowboys. 49ers establish run and control the clock. Total 150 yards on the ground with both Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel. Or Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk all finish with 75-plus receiving yards, and Jimmy G has a quality day. Or Dak shakes off the, his inconsistencies that he's had throughout the season and throws for 300-plus yards and a four-touchdown game. Or Trayvon Diggs records one interception. Parsons has three sacks, and the defense carries the Cowboys. Uh, I'm, I like the 49ers offensive line enough to say that the last one won't happen, and I still think that the 49ers have a quality day. But I I, I think I'm actually going to go with Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk all finish with 75-plus receiving yards and win the game. I, I, I like what I see there. I think they might go a little bit past heavy. I know their pass defense has been good, but the, the Cowboys or uh, the Cowboys' pass defense has been good. But the Cowboys' run defense is one of the best in the league, so I don't really know that they'll be able to establish the run. I think Debo will be able to do his work, but Elijah Mitchell might struggle a bit considering, you know, he's the primary running back. But I think Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk all finishing with 75-plus receiving yards and getting the win, upsetting the Cowboys. I think that's very, very possible. I think it would have to happen if Dak is inconsistent in this game uh the 49ers defense is very good as well so we will see what happens but I'm gonna go with that I'm gonna take the 49ers actually upsetting the Cowboys and then the Cardinals at the Rams I don't know if you consider an upset but if the Cardinals win it's an upset uh Kyler Murray has career game and throws for 350 plus yards three touchdowns rushes for 50 yards and two more touchdowns so a five touchdown game for Kyler Murray or James Conner and Chase Edmonds dice the Rams run defense for 150 plus scrimmage yards and three touchdowns or Matt Stafford cleans up his game for a four-touchdown, 300-yard game, or Aaron Donald in the defense wreak havoc for five sacks and three turnovers. This one was probably the toughest one that I had to decide between, but I do think that the... I don't even know. It's so difficult. I'm going to take the Rams in this one. I think Matt Stafford cleans up his game enough for a four-touchdown, 300-plus-yard game. I think, you know... The Rams brought him in to be this, this the quarterback that he's been all season. You know, he has had some inconsistencies with the interceptions, but I think he absolutely goes off in this game. Uh, so I'm going to take the Rams, and I'm going to take Matt Stafford getting four touchdowns and 300-plus yards. Now, these scenarios obviously aren't likely. They're more like bold takes. Uh, and, you know, I did some for both teams, but I wanted to reread them to you guys and feel as, you know, kind of think about it and decide what I think is the likeliest scenario out of these scenarios. Uh, so, I, you know, give them all to you. So I'll go through it one more time. So I think that in the Chiefs-Steelers game, Patrick Mahomes, or no, I think that the, yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes serves for 350 plus yards. Tyree Kill and Kelsey both get 100 yards each. I think that in the Bills-Patriots game, the Bills defense wipes out Mac Jones' playoff debut. I think that Joe Burrow obliterates the Raiders' defense for 400 yards. Jamar and Higgins combined for 300 yards and score a high-scoring game. I think that the Bucks score early against the Eagles. 
uh, defense smothers them and they have control of the run game and pretty much milk the clock and, and take control of that entire game. I think that the 49ers could upset the Cowboys and Kittle Debo and Ayuk all finish with 75-plus receiving yards. And I do think Matt Stafford has a very, 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 very solid playoff debut for the Rams and gets four touchdowns and 300 yards. That is going to be it for this episode. I really, really hope you guys have enjoyed. Uh, I know there wasn't a ton of content to go over this week. It's just hard to compress everything that happened into one week. But I just wanted to start off on a clean slate. It's a new year. Uh, you know, playoff starts now. So hopefully you guys understand. But it has been a pleasure doing this for you guys. And I hope you guys tune in next week. Uh, but I just have one last question. One question that I haven't been able to ask in a while. Are you down to football?